So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Podcast listeners, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley, holding down a cold, a little head cold today in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, you guys, the purpose of this podcast is to help you grow your business. That's what we're up to. Hard stop on that one. And I'm so grateful that y'all are here. We're going to see how this episode goes. You know, I got this little, I have a little rasp. Uh, I may start sneezing at some point, but I think Vanessa is going to be able to hang with me. If there's anyone who's going to be able to hang with me and kind of rescue me from any sort of awkward sickness, uh, it's going to be Vanessa. Because uh, y'all know Vanessa, right? Do you even, do you know Vanessa? Y'all know Vanessa, right? So today I'm really excited. I'm at, dare I say, slightly nervous. You know, I interview a lot of guests. I hear you giggling back there. <laughs> I interview a lot of guests. And every now and then there's something I'm like, man, there's something that I just, I really admire, I really look up to. And so today, I want you guys to know this is really going to be a conversation, a little bit of a bigger picture a conversation. You know, we're going to see where the tides take us because Vanessa Joy and I, we're going to be talking just a little bit about like the state of the industry. Like what, where are we headed as an industry? Maybe what can we expect? Uh, or even just kind of forecast. I mean, it's going to be probably a, a decent amount of just riffing uh, between the two of us and not just the photography industry, but maybe even the education space, maybe even the workshop, the conference space as well, uh, because I want to take advantage of what Vanessa Joy has to bring. She has been an influential photographer in this community for years. She's like a, a staple, right? Starting her, her photographic journey in 1998. She's got five degrees, which Vanessa, what, what, what is going on? Five degrees. I got to ask her about that. Five degrees. She started her business in 2008 and she's been teaching around the world since 2009. She's been pretty much everywhere. Creative Live, Wedding MBA, WPPI, Shutterfest, Imaging USA, Wedding Wire, PPE. It's like, listen, you name it. And like she has been there hosting her own personal work workshops as well and just giving all these talks around the various uh, conventions around the globe. She's crazy talented, loves what she's doing. She's still shooting weddings. We'll, we'll check in with her here. I got to make sure. I believe she's still shooting weddings, still shooting portraiture uh, alongside all, the, all of the education that she's doing. 
All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O, Gusto. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982, and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, This is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, They make like like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work, but Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, The really cool thing, too, is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, It gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. Please welcome... Vanessa Joy to the show. How are you doing, Vanessa? I'm doing okay. That was a heck of an intro. I have a lot to live up to. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe, yeah, I don't know. I think you're I think you're doing just fine living up to it. I really do. Vanessa, you're standing right now. Is that what I understand? You're standing at a desk? I am standing actually at my tether table because yes, I still do shoot and I just finished a headshot session. So this is where my computer is. This is where we're doing the podcast. I love it. So but is this is this a health thing for you as well? Like the intention of if since you're gonna be at a desk all the time editing. Or, or whatever it is to stand, or is this an anomaly because you just finished a portrait session? I would like to say it's a health thing because I think of that, but I never did get around to getting one of those desks that's a standing one or the one that goes up and down. This just this is just situational right now. This is great. I'm curious because I do this thing, Vanessa. It's kind of like my gym membership right now that is is collecting <laughs> dust. <laughs> I need to get over to Orange Theory and cancel that. Hold me to it. Uh, so we have we all have stand up a standing kind of a versatile desk called Veradesks at the Sound Story Studio. And every single one of them has been at the lowest setting. <laughs> no one moved them. We have the potential to rise. And yet here we are all sitting at our desk. I was just curious. <laughs> what, a, what a metaphor, having the potential right. to rise. Here we are. Oh, man. This is true. Maybe this is true. I need to level up. I need to level up, literally. So, Vanessa, this is this is going to bring me to one of my first you know, conversations. You know, a lot of people see you as an educator. They see, they've seen you on Creative Live. They've seen you at WPPI and the, and the various spaces working with Canon. Um, and, and I think there's always this question about are educators, and, and this isn't a global uh, fact, but are educators also, are, are, are you shooting? Like, what are you up to over there? Are you also still out there actively uh, working as a photographer? Absolutely. I have, it was ingrained in me from very early on in teaching that if 
I decided to stop actually doing and only teach, I would become irrelevant very quickly, at least for the business side, maybe not as much for the photography, because I think you can always teach photography, but I enjoy teaching a lot of the business side of what we do as a creative craft. And I knew the second that I stopped pushing myself to actually earn a living as a photographer, I would become irrelevant. And I I think what I have to say would not have the weight it does today, having my own business alongside the education that I, that I do. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you currently up to in, in regards to shooting? You said you just finished some headshots. I know you're also involved in the wedding space as well. What's your ratio between uh, the different niches of photography? The weddings are by far my bread and butter. I shoot up to 20 weddings a year. It'll probably be closer to 15 next year by choice and also by growing my business to be more of the higher end side versus uh, the middle ground. So it's kind of less weddings for more money, which is good because that leaves you know me more room to do other things. I do portraiture here and there. I definitely see myself wanting to do more lifestyle influencer type photo shoots that so many people need now. And then the headshot business, it was kind of just a thing I started on the side, but it has a mind of its own. I don't do any advertising. I rely on nothing except for Google and people are in my studio every single week, whether I'm shooting them or I I send one of my crew to go shoot them or shoot on site. It's definitely growing. I've that might take over weddings. I don't know. I'm not, I'm just going to let that happen. We'll see how it works. But weddings is what I love. It's what I've always loved. It's what I know the best. It's what I usually teach about uh, alongside business. That's awesome. So I got I mentioned this in the intro of you, but at what point did you decide between your five degrees that, <laughs> that you were going to be a photographer? Right. Like, was it after your first degree? And then you're like, you know what? I think I need another degree. Or like, or was it after all of them? And you're like, no, photography is the right move for me. Like, and, and within any of your five degrees, are any of them within the creative space or are any of them within photography? You got to like explain a little bit of the backstory here. The five degrees thing is one, I'm an overachiever. So I kind of figured out how to work the system. But my first degree was in photography and I knew I wanted to do photography. But my only example of a successful photographer and a wedding photographer was my high school photography teacher who photographed weddings on the weekends. So in my head, I had to learn photography, I had to get better at it, I would do it, but I had to have a real job at the same time. So I went to school for photography and education and psychology because you had to double major when you did education. And then halfway through my my schooling, that psychology was no longer something you could double major in. You had to do, I don't know, math or foreign language or something. And I just chose Spanish because I enjoyed learning Spanish. So I have a bunch of different degrees. Yes, one is in photography. Yes, I did used to be a Spanish teacher. And now I realized I don't need a day job. I can just be a photographer. So I wanted to do it all along. I just didn't realize I could do it all along. That's awesome. I love how you threw there threw in there. Yes, I used to be a Spanish teacher, as if that was something that I was assuming. Like it was, <laughs> uh, I used to like you ought to have been a Spanish teacher. Um, <laughs> was there any point where you had had a day? Well, I guess yeah, you had a day, day job when you were a Spanish teacher. But was there any point where there was like that transition where you were building up the photography business while working a day job, and then had to make that ominous move of of leaving the salary, leaving the security of, of, of income and diving in to being your own uh, 
more or less like breadwinner of, of uh, being in charge of, yeah, everything. 100%. I, so I was a Spanish teacher and the year that I started teaching Spanish, I started my own business as a photographer. I was still working for my high school photography teacher as well, but I was like, hey, maybe I'll do a few weddings by myself. And two and a half years into my my teaching job, I had to leave halfway through the year. They were not happy. Um, I got so busy with my own weddings and my own business that I had to give it up. And it, that sounds like I was remorseful about it. I really wasn't. I did not enjoy being a Spanish teacher whatsoever or being micromanaged or having to get up that early and go to school. Every September, I do a happy dance that I don't have to go back to school. So I'm not remorseful <laughs> that I moved. But I did have to take that jump and I had to calculate it. And it wasn't just leaving the cushy job. It was leaving those health insurance benefits, which were free as a teacher, and leaving that awesome pension plan that I had, you know, that I can't have as, as someone who's self-employed. So it was a lot of things. And thankfully I was married at the time. So it wasn't like I was jumping off all by myself. My husband was already a wedding videographer. So he owned his own business and had as long as since we were married. So I had a realistic look at what that was like. And uh, I wasn't as scared of it because I knew it would be possible and I wasn't doing it alone. It's awesome. So 11 years uh, you've had your own business going to be, and we're going on 12 here in a hot second. We're yeah. almost, you know, we're, 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 what's, I don't want, what's the word here? We're at the pinnacle. We're at the peak <laughs> at the end of the year. Anyhow. Uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a good run. And, and then a good 10 of it being within the education space. And so I wanted to take this time, you know, you've been active in both. You've been active in producing work, in building um, a highly successful business, not just in photography, but within the kind of the broad spectrum. I'm sorry, not within weddings, but within the broad spectrum of photography um, and teaching within all this as well. And so you've kind of, I, I feel like you're the person who's maybe got a a good kind of assessment of like, what's up? Where are things going? Where, where are we moving from? Where are we moving to? Uh, both within the, the actual shooting space, um, but also within the education side of things. And so, uh, I mean, what, what have been some of the biggest shifts that you have seen in your, you know, 10 year plus career uh, within the actual photography side of things? I mean, what, what have you actually experienced so far? Maybe that'll give us some clues of who we're at. <laughs> I mean, as far as being a photographer, I've experienced what it's like to, you know, shoot film and then go to digital. I know what it's like to run a business without a website and then convince my boss that you need to have a website. I know what it's like to not know what social media is and then figure out how to use it for business. I've gone through really every major transition as a photographer, I would say, that there really has been uh, in the past decade or two. And now the biggest transition I see is everyone is a photographer, you know, and I don't say that with the, the malice I hear a lot of people say it with. I think it's encouraging everyone to appreciate the art of photography and to find other ways to use it. I think it's created a lot of jobs, maybe not as many as it's taken away or maybe not the amount of monetary value you know, that it's taken away with people who can do it less expensive and faster and things like that. But that's a big change we're seeing right now. And it was a good thing almost to tie it into education. It was a great thing back in 2008, 2009, 2010, market crashed, everyone became a photographer, you know, 
the trade shows were exploding because, you know, I bought a camera. Where do I go? I go to WPPI. I go to PPE, uh, Photo Plus Expo, which is happening this week. And it was crazy fun in the photography world. And then on the education side, too, was I started teaching. And now you're looking at a very interesting swing where there's still a lot of photography, but now there's YouTube. And now there's much less learning curve to even taking a picture that looks professional or clean. So we're looking at a downtrend, you know, in a smaller attendance at trade shows like WPPI or Photo Plus Expo this year has no education track whatsoever. So it's it's all, it's all right there on the platform floor, correct? Right. Yeah, it's very interesting. All of, all of it is shifting. I think we're in a crazy time right now. If you are a photographer that doesn't speak and doesn't see the back end, the behind the scenes of the photography industry. I mean, it would blow your mind. It would blow your mind with the stuff that's going on and just behind the scenes. It's fun. It's stressful, but it's fun. It's very interesting. (laughs) You say say it's fun. Like it's not fun. You say, you say it's fun. Like you're trying to, like you're looking in the mirror being like, this is fun, Vanessa. (laughs) Like like a little mantra in the morning. It's fun if you like challenges. I am beautiful. I am smart. I am talented. This is fun. <laughs> oh my goodness. So uh, let me ask you this. With, ev- with everyone being a photographer, I want to stay in the photography side for a little bit here to start. Mm-hmm. With everyone being a photographer, you know, you said that you bring up this point without, you know, the, the more or less malice or, or frustration maybe that you hear. Um, uh, and maybe it's, I-, I wonder too if it's less like malice, but it, it's almost like this sense of, um, a de- like a desperation. Like I, I just can't. Like I'm imagining the photographers listening at this, being like, "It's, um, I'm just trying to pay the bills. Like it was working yeah. for a while, and now it's just so saturated, and and I'm getting undercut left and right. And so I'm curious, uh, in the midst of this kind of shift with everyone being a photographer, and we're definitely like we're we're deep in it, right? This isn't this isn't new. We're definitely like in in I don't know if we want to say like full what's the, full saturation full mass. <laughs> how do you stay afloat? Like you know, how did you stay afloat? And and what do you tell the students who are who are expressing this? Uh, I mean, really, it's fear. It is fear, and I understand that fear. I know what it's like to have jobs quote unquote, taken from me or be undercut or feel that, oh my gosh, I'm not booking enough jobs next year. What do I do? But the truth is, I don't know. I always look at any industry as having this kind of pendulum swing one way or the other. Uh, Same thing with social media, same thing with anything in culture. You know, it's going to shift all the way one way and it's going to shift all the way the other way. Right now it's shifting towards everybody's a photographer. It's harder to get jobs. It's harder to get people to value the, um, the photography, you know, putting a dollar amount to it when they're thinking, Oh, but I can just take pictures on my phone. So you have to find a way to teach people, not the difference between good and great photography, because I don't think consumers have that in their head to understand the difference. You have to show them the value elsewhere, the convenience, the, um, customer service, the experience, all these different ways that can just make you shine above anything else. I heard somebody give an example once, I wish I remembered who, about clothing. You know, a hundred years ago, 150 years ago, whatever the time frame is, everyone made their own clothing. Why on earth, when everyone knew how to sew and make your own clothes, would you go buy them more expensive at a store? But now 
nobody makes their own clothes and it's shifted completely <laughs> way. Although actually more lately I have seen it shift to people making their own clothes again, but it's, you know, it's not always about the thing that's being sold that maybe someone can do themselves. It's about a multitude of other factors that can contribute to somebody wanting a service or a product. Yeah. I love that. You, you brought up change that, that everything is always in a state of change. Um, and the, um, they're actually, Vanessa, have you read the book who moved my cheese? <laughs> I have read that book. <laughs> really? Okay, good. So listeners, I believe it's Spencer Johnson is the author. It's a small book. It's maybe, it's probably a 20, 15, 20 minute read listeners. It's like an allegory almost, but it's really a book about change. It's a book mm-hmm. about how to survive in an industry, a culture, a society that is shifting on you, that's changing, where the ground feels uneasy, and, yes. and what are your options? And I really want to encourage listeners uh, to to check it out because that book is, you know, we've got a few beliefs here at Style and Story in, in terms of company values, right? And and then strategies, even marketing strategies, and it is both a, a company value but also a marketing strategy that we have, uh, which is change. It's, it's, we are seeking out change because it's coming. It's going to smack you in the face. It's going to put you out of business. It's going to do something, uh, if you wait for it to get to you. And mm-hmm. so instead constantly seeking it out, what are some recommendations that you, or, or even advice that you may have to give someone who's like, yeah, okay, it's change is coming. Uh, how can they try to almost, um, I don't know if it's stay ahead of it to, to stay one step ahead to anticipate it, just to even hang with it. Do you have any advice uh, to give someone who is like, okay, if it's coming, I want to be prepared. I want to be moving. Is there any, is there anything that they can be doing? I think the best advice is to never get comfortable with where your business is. Things might be working and going great, but you should constantly be working on your business, not just in it all the time. So if you have a marketing plan that's going really well, it's bringing you tons of business, great. That doesn't mean you stop experimenting with different marketing plans or, you know, if social media is working really well for you, that's great. That doesn't mean you stop networking with other professionals. So it's a matter of always growing and always looking for the next big thing. I think I do that with photography. With photography, you know, I'm comfortable with how I can shoot a wedding, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to go advance my skill and look for something new to push myself because the second you stop, you get stale and then that just bleeds into everything else that you don't want to be a part of your business. So the best way to anticipate change is to just keep changing yourself, even if things are going well. And this is, uh, yeah, to your point, when you were talking, I was thinking about Vanessa, this is why it's so important to actually get out to trade shows. Like even PP that's going to be going oh, on yeah. like PPI at the, the end of the year, or I guess beginning of next year, but like to get out to trade shows, it, it allows you to kind of have your finger on the pulse and to see like, like uh, actually reminds me of, this is, I'm going to nerd out for like a hot <laughs> second. <laughs> In Lord of the Rings, the fellowship of the ring. <laughs> this is the start of my sentence. So, you know, when like the fellowship, have you seen Lord of the Rings? I have seen it. I've read all the books. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I'm in good company. Okay, likewise. Yes, you are. So, you know when they are in um, – oh, this will, and then, listen, I, I, 
I don't know all the things, but they are essentially in. Um, they have to they have to cross through the mountain. I forget which mountain. Uh, this is in the first movie, and um, Pippin, I believe, drops the canned on the well and, with all like the, the, in Moria. Or the whatever they're called. In the Mines of Moria, yeah. Yes, the Mines of Moria. (laughs) Thank you, Vanessa, for just throwing out Mines of Moria like it's so casual. (laughs) Anyhow, and they they put their ear to the ground and they hear like the thud and the thump like way off in the distance. That's how I attend trade shows. Like like, as if I were to like putting my ear to the floor of the Mines of Moria, listening for the the thud and the thump and the beat of the drum and which way are the trolls going to be coming from? (laughs) You know, like this is a terrible analogy. Wow. I Um, think it's a good they're this week like have like just like imagine that like listen for the pulse listen for the drums like where where is the industry wow i'm still going with this vanessa um <laughs> it's good i like it it's true you and that's kind of a saying you know having your finger on the pulse of the industry it's it's how you make sure that you're still relevant it goes back to you know teaching but not shooting and you know making sure that you're always involved but you know, doing what you need to do at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've got a couple other questions uh, in regards to just the photographers who are out there. Like uh, what, I mean, is this, is this a good time to be a photographer, Vanessa? Is this a bad time to be a photographer? You know, what do you think about all that? Everyone says different things. There was an article or a survey or something that was posted recently saying that photography is one of the worst fields to get into right now. And I didn't actually read it. So I don't know if that's because of the oversaturation or people devaluing it. But I would say it's very difficult to be a photographer right now. It's easy in the fact that you can take pictures easily. You can post pictures easily. But it's harder to be seen. And I think it's harder to make money as a photographer. It's uh, you, you have to work really hard at it. You have to find new ways, you know, that... More than as easy as putting your the biggest ad you could find in the yellow pages, you know. Sure, sure. Or even just being the best, right? Like even just being the best. Oh, you yeah. like, the best like, doesn't even count. Like, the best is that, subjective. That's the of entry, you know. Yeah. There's um. It's funny. I have that article. Um. It, like I I have it uh just like right in front of me right now. I, I pretty much keep it with me because <laughs> I find it very motivating, you know, and I actually find it very inspiring. The fact that. Um, that's where the polarization is gone. Because I think, Vanessa, if we can just riff for a second, it's it's polarizing the market, right? So mm-hmm. the saturation has meant that most photographers, it's a race to the bottom, right? It's so saturated, everyone's undercutting everyone, which is pushing the 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 base price down, right? It's like wedding photography, five hundred to a thousand bucks. You know what I mean? Like that's very real. Um, and yet it's also though pushing the, the top tier up, it's putting the luxury market up, you know, and it's created this separation where we don't have great, like the middle market, that 3k mark is really going to be falling away. Uh, and, and I think this is actually pretty exciting if, if you can become aware of it and become aware of the fact that your work isn't, isn't going to be your saving grace, that it's going to be the expected, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, to actually move into that luxury field with with a little bit of intentionality, it's it's uh, I think it's like right there. It's available. 
look, we're going to stay on theme here and keep talking about giving you guys solutions for all the things that are terrible to do. Um, so do you guys remember when you started your small business, right? Like it was no small fee. Uh, you're spending uh, late nights, early mornings, the occasional all-nighter. Bottom line, uh, ever since then, you've been insanely busy, right? And so one of the biggest challenges uh, is invoicing and it's accounting, Right. Let's make things a little bit easier in 2019. Our friends at FreshBooks have a solution. FreshBooks, this is invoicing and accounting software designed specifically for you as small business owners. It's simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized than the dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds. And then the best part is uh, get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. Uh, I love that part. File expenses even quicker. Uh, keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part is this. Like, as your business continues to grow, which it will in 2019, let's be honest, you're going to always have the tools that you need when you need them without ever having to like figure out or learn all this accounting shenanigans, right? So you guys... 24 million people are using FreshBooks. Try it out for 30 days free. There's no credit card required. There's no catch. Uh, go to freshbooks.com forward slash photography, freshbooks.com forward slash photography, and then enter six figure photography in the section where it asks, how did you hear about FreshBooks, right? Make sure you get that part down. When it asks, how did you hear about FreshBooks, enter six figure photography, you're going to get your first 30 days free. I'm excited for you guys to check out FreshBooks. All right, let's get back to the show. What do you think about that? The idea of, of the polarization of the market? It's definitely a, a high and low, kind of like you said, it's there's a definite, definite separation, but you know, at the same time, there's, there's more of a need for photography too. So mm. it, I don't know. I, I always think of like a bell curve. So I think of people who need photography and they're on the low end, you know, of the bell curve, but then there's kind of the middle end and the people that'll pay the average price. And then the bell curve goes down to people that'll pay more. So while I do think it's polarizing, I think there's always going to be that middle ground that everyone can kind of reach for that middle client that it's a really big pool of them. And it might be a stretch for some or kind of like a downgrade for other people, but there's still a lot, a lot to go around. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Has your diversification within the wedding space had anything to do with the saturation that you've seen, like moving into portraiture and personal brand photography? I haven't done a ton of moving into portraiture. It's just something I kind of like to do or want to do. It's I don't make that much that much money at it really at all. Uh, the headshots do; those are pretty decent, but they're yeah, not. Maybe that's what I, meant. Yeah. I I think I grouped those two in, and so forgive me for that. No, that's um, right. that's what I'm thinking of the headshot kind of space. Um, yeah, is is that something you've done to to, to diversify uh, your business in the midst of the saturation? It has, and it's it's diversified it, but it's not under my name technically. It's just NJ Headshots, so it it's helped me. And you know, anytime you bring in new clients or you reach for new clients, you make new connections. You never know which headshot person's coming in and their daughter's getting married. You you don't you don't really know. So I think anytime you stretch yourself, it's going to be good, as long as you don't stretch, you don't dilute your brand. You know, I, I would never put my headshot pictures on my website for my wedding clients because then it's like, oh, she's not a specialist. She just does everything. Yeah. 
Yeah, I totally believe in that. Can we stay on that for a minute? Yeah. How do you feel about the, the you know, in the midst of the state of the industry where we've got so many photographers, um, it sounds like for you, your belief is that it's important that you specialize, that it's important that you become an expert in one thing. Can you talk on that for a minute and how you've, it's not because you listen, you're doing a lot of stuff. So how, <laughs> how have you done that? How have you pulled it off? Do you have separate brands for each of the, the uh, niches that you're in? I do. I have separate brands for each, each of the niches I'm in. So it's really two separate websites. It's the Vanessa Joy brand and that encompasses the education as well. And then the headshots is sort of its separate thing. I don't know that it's, paramount to have separate brands, but I think the perception from potential clients when they're hiring somebody is, you know, if they're a jack of all trades, they're a master of none. So if I have somebody that just specializes in weddings and then also is, I think, easier for them to find you, you know, your website, your search engine optimization, your dedicated social media, whatever it is, it's easier for them to find you because that's all you're advertising and all you're talking about, then it's, it's only going to benefit you. I'm not a huge fan of putting everything on one page if they just don't match. And I think consumers these days are really savvy to that. They are used to advertising that is specific to them because, you know, Facebook is always listening and they get ads that it's actually things they want. As annoying as ads are, at least it's stuff that interests me, you know? I love ads. Can I tell you that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of those guys that I like, I just... I love being shown some shit that I want. Like I'm like, exactly. oh, this, this is sweet. I didn't even know I wanted this. I'm, I I love ads. I'm, yeah. I'm maybe am I odd in that? No, I don't think so. I just like the fact that it's again, it's stuff that you want, as opposed to like if you get fed an ad that's kind of a mistake, you're almost mad at it. You're like, why are you showing me this? Like I don't need dentures. Like come on. <laughs> yep. Yep. I totally agree. So. um, there's a, uh, oh, I just had it. There's a question that I had. Oh, here it is. <laughs> it was like there and then it disappeared. We started talking about ads. So what do you think, if you could identify, you know, the photog- to the photographer who's listening right now, I'd, I'd love if you could maybe identify, like, is it a, a set of attributes, um, maybe strategies, mindsets? Uh, I'm giving you a, a number of opportunities here, Vanessa, to kind of pick from. Like, what do you think is going to, um, allow a photographer to find success moving into uh, is it or the next decade? Wow, that's a thing. Like, <laughs> that like the, the following decade. Like, what do you think is going to allow? Like, as a photographer, like the photography industry is not going anywhere, right? Like, it's here to stay. It's 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 a thing. But when we look at this following decade that's coming up, like, what what do you foresee will lead a photographer uh, to success? That, that maybe the others um, will be left behind if they don't have? I mean, determination, really. Because all, all, all the different factors, the ones that you named, you know, good networking or maybe casting a wide marketing net, all of those are really good. But truthfully, you have to do all those things, then you're going to fail at them. And then you got to do some more things and then you might succeed, but then fail again. And it's really all about determination. I think that's just what makes people successful or not overall, either they're going to grin and bear it and work and make it happen, or they're going to give up and complain about it and find themselves a victim versus really fighting for it. That being said, you know, it's been interesting. I talk to a lot of photographers and 
I always ask, you know, what's been successful for you? How are you advertising? What are you doing? Where are your jobs coming from? And it varies so much. Personally, I cast a really wide net. I try a lot of different things. I like experimenting with marketing. I have a, a colleague of mine in the in New York where he just moved from San Francisco or Seattle or somewhere West Coast, came over here and within two years is shooting all the high-end weddings in New York, where meanwhile, it's been 12 years and I'm still not quite shooting exactly where I want to every single time. I'm like, how on earth did you do that? But for him, it was just a matter of networking with, you know, these 10 people and then these two panned out and now he's got all these high-end weddings. So sometimes it's just finding what is going to work for you or finding that, I don't want to say lucky break because that did take work and I know the work it took for him to, you know, get out there and do all those things. But sometimes it is just that one thing that springboards you and sometimes it's, adding up all the little things that are working for you. Yeah. But ultimately it just comes to, you know, do the work. What are some of the ways that you've had to be determined in your career? If, if there's maybe even one story that comes to mind of like, Oh man, that was, that was, that was effing rough. <laughs> that took some determination to move through. Would you mind being so humble as to share some of the ways that maybe um, you've had to push through in the midst of uh, uh well, trying to run a business. Absolutely. You know, it, it happens kind of like the pendulum that I was talking about for me. So I'm doing two businesses and I'm doing them both full time. The education and the photography really take up all of my time. And back in 2017, I was really doing a lot of these headshot boot camps and going around and hosting all these different workshops with a friend of mine. And it took up a lot of my time and I very visibly saw my weddings declining and my numbers dropping because, you know, where you spend your time, where you're determined to work, that's what's going to succeed. But that's at the expense sometimes of other places. So I saw that decline and then I had to make a shift and, and really go full head on into experimenting with different marketing and and things that I needed and social media at that time ended up being the one thing that really pushed me forward and working really hard on Instagram and, and getting that done. Right. And now honestly it happened again this past year, I wrote a book. I went on tour with Canon. I did a ton of traveling and speaking and now 2020, it's like, oh, crap, these numbers are down. Now I have to go back and I'm in the middle of doing a whole bunch of different marketing pushes. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, scared, I would say. It's more of those things. I think I'm lucky because weddings, you can see ahead of time. It's like, oh, six to eight months ahead of right now, I need more jobs. Great. I have six to eight months to do something about that. And you know, if I don't, that's my bad. That's my fault. Yeah, I, I have the warning signs. So that's what I am right now. And I, I have that struggle. I think repeatedly, I think I'll always have that struggle of balancing the two things that I do and love. Vanessa, I love the casual drop of, I wrote a book. <laughs> why is that not why was that not a part of your intro why was i not aware of your bio you know what did you write a book on i wrote a book on lighting actually and it's really off camera flash it's called uh, the off camera flash handbook and it's broken down not into at least from the books that i've read like these boring flash books that just 
it's like ratios and inverse square law and things that aren't practical. I mean, they're practical, but when you're first trying to learn flash, that kind of stuff doesn't make sense to you yet. And I think you have to do to learn it. So I created a book that it's 32 different scenarios and setups that are very practical. So you want to know how to make golden hour. Here's all the gear that you need in steps one, two, three. You want to make a magenta sunset. Here's how you do it. Photograph during twilight, dark reception room, event speeches, big groups with one light, whatever it is, you've, you've got it in there and you can just go right to it. Yeah. Is it out? Is it available? It is on pre-order on Amazon. If you just go to Amazon and type in Vanessa Joy, you'll find it. And um, yeah, it comes out in February officially. Oh, that's sweet. Okay, cool. I'll make sure to give a link. I love this. I love this. Yeah, just <laughs> you are an overachiever. I love that. That's not even a part of it. Oh, my goodness. Vanessa, so as we talk about all this stuff, you know, let's transition to the education space for a minute because a lot of the photographers, if they're listening, they're, you know, it's like we're constantly, um, well, we're trying to keep our ear to the ground of the mountains of Moria, right? It's like we're trying to be aware. We're trying to learn. We're trying to grow. That's why you're listening to the podcast right now. That's why you're heading to PPE. That's why you're going to come out to abundance with me next year, whatever it is, right? Like, uh, so where do you see the, the education space moving towards it sounds like um what you mentioned was that maybe that we're in a transition you know in the back end of things as a speaker as someone who's kind of on that circuit you know we're seeing maybe attendance at some of the bigger shows decline what do you think's going on where do you see it headed everyone is at youtube university you know that is that's what really is taking over online education and people offering it themselves or you know, the different creative live things. A lot of people are just learning online. But I think, again, I'm, we're going to see a shift in that. I think we're going to have a lot of people that are trying to learn, especially something like photography, which is very hands-on. And you can watch as many YouTube videos as you want, but that might not answer the questions that you're having as you're trying to do these things and for some reason failing. So I'm hoping, and I think we will see more of a shift to in-person events. I don't know that it will be the big trade shows. I would like it to be, but I think it has to merge a little bit with media type trade shows overall, not necessarily oh, portrait photography here, wedding photography here, but maybe if you want a really big show, it's going to have to be all those Instagram influencers as well and things that are going to appeal to them, you know, which may or may not be that? itself. I, I got to interrupt. So yeah. I got to interrupt. You said a, a more of a media show. Um, and can you help me understand what you mean by that? And then you started to go on with, um, uh, you know, more of the influencers. There. I'm, I'm curious. I, I think I got lost. And so I'd love to yeah. understand. That well, there's a, a different group right now. You know, before it was just it's professional photographers or, you know, maybe moms with cameras. But now you have Instagram influencers and people who are iPhone photography specialists and, you know, everything in between a prosumer and a professional. And I think if you want a really big show, a really big 20,000, 30,000, 50,000 people show, you have to find a way to make it appeal to that entire media photo, including video too, because so many people do both photo and video now because it's just, you know, your iPhone. So it, you're gonna have to find a way to appeal to everyone using those those mediums um, if you want a really big show. That being said, I think the small, the very small niche shows like Shutterfest or Portrait Masters, I think those shows are really thriving because they're more intensive, concentrated on people who really want to shoot, really want to master their craft. I think there's always going to be a space for those. Where do you see the the smaller in person, you know? 
10 to 20 uh, type of attendee workshops moving towards. It sounds like maybe even what you were doing, and I don't want to assume, but maybe what you were up to with like your headshot boot camp. I don't know mm-hmm. what your attendance was. Maybe it was a lot larger than that. Um, but more of like an individual like yourself, maybe partnering with someone and bringing a very specific uh, kind of workflow system. Like if you want to learn exactly how to light like Vanessa Joy, you would go and try to learn directly from Vanessa Joy, right? Right. Um, where do you see that, that that type of space kind of fitting within the education world? I think it's always going to be there. I mean, you want to learn from a specific person, or maybe you want to master a certain skill set. You want to have smaller groups to do that, or even just something that's more intensive. Like our headshot boot camps were a max of 10 people. We usually hit nine, 10 people over the course of two days. So they were very intense. Although I do think those types of classes are harder to sell because you have to, you know, have the attendees pay a lot more money for that kind of intensive instruction and, a lot of people think, why would I pay for that? I can just go get it on YouTube for free. But can you is the question. (laughs) But when you're first starting out, you don't understand the difference between good and great education, just like consumers don't understand the difference between good and great photography. That's true. Yep. Man. Well, listen, Vanessa, if there was um, any bit of encouragement that you could give to the photographers listening, you know, I think a lot of photographers who are listening to to this show um, they're photographers who um, they've been in this space maybe for the last couple of years. Uh, they're 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 making a serious go at it, uh, mm-hmm. but they're also working. They're also filling the gaps with a part time job. They're filling the gaps with a full time job. And the dream really would be to go full time with their business, to be able to support themselves, their their spouses, their, their family. Um, essentially to do what they love, right? Right. And so that's really what the place that a, a lot of photographers are finding themselves at as they're listening right now. As you look at the industry, as you look at the education space, you know, what what would be that practical advice that you could give them? Something that, whether it be a, a bit of inspiration, maybe w- with a side of, of very actionable tactic. That would be awesome if you could kind of capsulate both of those things into one. I would give you a little uh, applause. Um, (laughs) But I'd love to give, I'd love to send them off with something um, to really move them forward. Because I'll be candid. I think this episode as as kind of, uh, as much as there is opportunity, there's also the sense of like, well, you've got to go. You know, like it's, I don't know, it's not too good, but it's like, you got to be determined. It's an uphill battle. Like this is, it's going to take some work and it's obtainable, you know? So what do you got to say to them? Oh man, if I'm going to make it tangible, this is honestly, it's like one of those DMs I get on Instagram where it's like, so tell me my 10 year plan. And it's very hard to put that together in one pat answer. It's not a, it's not easy, but if I were to give you on a more tangible level, I guess you have to divide your time between three different things, marketing operations uh, and skill set. So if you want to have a successful business, um, those are kind of the three areas that it runs down to how you're marketing yourself, all of your networking and learning how to do that social media, things like that, but also how you're operating your business, making sure that you have systems in place, whether it's employees or social media managers or things like 17 hats or Tave and all those kinds of client management systems. And then also boosting your photography skill. Uh, I think (laughs) photographers, it's kind of funny. 
photographers have this um, unique sickness in a way where we look at great photography all the time and we'll take a picture that we think is awesome. We think it's amazing. Uh, but really it, it may or may not be amazing, but for some reason when we take it, we're enthralled by it. We love it. Um, and then we go and look at somebody else's work and then look back at our work and think, wow, I suck. And it's a really interesting, uh, I guess it's a creative thing where you do that, but as long as you're growing, as long as you can look back at your work three years ago, two years ago and think, okay, I see why I sucked then or where I was then and how I'm getting better now. Um, that as long as you're growing, I think that's the only type of comparison you should be, you should be giving. I don't know. It's a hard question, Ben. <laughs> no, and it's such a broad, it's such a broad industry, you know, like mm-hmm. we have wedding photographers and portrait photographers and, and everyone's at a different stage of life. And, and I get that. I totally agree. I, I look at, um, what we're up to. I look at what's going on at PPE. I look at what you've pulled off. Vanessa, I look at, you know, even the DMs that I get on my phone and I can't deny that this is the, it is the absolute best time to be a photographer. It's like, well, you're the only thing, like there's no gatekeeper, you know, and and there's photographers everywhere. Yes. But like, you got it. You have everything in you to like rock this thing. All the resources are there. And if it's not on YouTube, it's at PPE. If it's not at PPA, Mm -hmm. it's at the small workshops, but like, it's, it's all right there. It's in this, I mean, it's in, it's in podcasts and, and I just think that's so freaking awesome. Actually, (laughs) With the determination factor that you mentioned, Vanessa, it's like, you've got that grit in you. You know, it's like you get punched, like y'all getting punched right now. Who's feeling that sucker punch? It's like, you got your mouth. And I love what Gary Vee says. It's like, you spit out the blood, you spit out the teeth and you lift your head up and you keep going. And, um, and that, I, I want I want people to have that. Like if you're feeling that blood in your mouth right now, if you're tasting that blood, I think that's exciting. I think that's that should be a thrill. And I think that's part of the joy of what we get to do is actually taste that blood in our mouth and get back up and then um, and get at it, you know, because there's nobody else that's stopping you from getting up. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. there's no one that's holding it. It's like, yeah, you get to lift your feet up. You get to stand up. <laughs> Let that be that for me. Uh, <laughs> And, um, it's like, I mentioned Rocky or, or like, you know, like Apollo, like I, either one, it's all good. It's like, there's, uh, Oh, I, I, that's what I get excited about in hearing your story and, and in hearing from other photographers, you know? Oh, good. I, I have to, I have to, <laughs> this is, this is, you know, it's, it's really hard to follow that up where you're so enthusiastic, but I agree with you. I think it's a great time to be a photographer. It's, it's harder than it's ever been, but if you asked any photographer from any point in history, they'd probably tell you the exact same thing that it's really hard right now. And everybody's fighting over this or doing this and this new technology, uh, and it, you know, it's the same in every industry. Uh, I'm near New York City, near the Comedy Cellar, which is kind of a hot spot for stand-up comedy. And above the Comedy Cellar, there's a restaurant and a bar. And it, in the back of that bar is where all the comedians go to sit and they go to, you know, wait for their turn on the show. So if you go hang out back there, you know, you see the people that are going on. And sometimes just famous comedians, like one night I was sitting there, Chris Rock just decided to walk in uh, and sit with his buddies and talk. And he wasn't on, he was just there. But I'm 
naturally eavesdropping on the conversation. And I hear Chris just complaining. All these newbies in the in the stand-up industry, they just, you know, they think they just can go record a special and then go on tour. And now they're a comedian and now they're successful. And he's literally having the same conversation and same complaints that I hear from old grumpy photographers now or myself, you know, complaining about, oh, this new photographer undercutting me or they got published on Style Me Pretty once and now they're super successful or, you know, they've only been teaching, they've only been a photographer for five years, but now they're on stage teaching. You know, it's just, it's just the same thing. And I think it's always been that way. And it's, it's just part of an evolving industry. Yeah. And it, well, it's like, who am I? Like, I'm just like, I was just some kid in Ohio, like taking <laughs> pictures, like, like I, I was the same thing. It's, you know, like I was just second shooting for someone who was, who is technically better than me, more successful than me, had a business and, and, and now, you know what I mean? Like it, it, there's, it's a constant evolution. It's a constant growing up and, and you don't need to pay your dues. Yeah. A, a controversial opinion, mm-hmm. this whole mentality, this whole mindset that like, you got to pay your dues. Um, you don't, you, you just need practice. Like that's what it comes down to. You don't need to pay your dues. You need practice. You don't need another year of experience. You need practice. You don't need another lens. You don't need a thousand followers. You don't need to be another year older. You don't need to have less kids, more kids. You just need practice. You don't have to have it all figured out. Uh, you need practice. Anyhow. <laughs> oh, good. Vanessa, you're going to be a PPE, aren't you? I'm going to be a PPE. Yeah, we're going to do, um, I'm going to speak on the Canon stage for the first time there this week. Um, oh, that's right. Are you, are you speaking yeah. on lighting? I am speaking on wedding photography and sort of like a what's in my bag thing uh, and some secret panels that I'm on that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Okay, cool. Have you moved to Maryland? This is my last question. I'm going to go, we went so high, we were so rah-rah, and I'm just going to like end the episode on just like pure, like just like gear talk, because I'm just curious. Have you <laughs> gone mirrorless yet? I have not gone mirrorless yet. Oh, Vanessa, you're breaking my heart. You, you got to, that's all I'm saying. And you've got all the opportunities. You got that EOS R or whatever it is. Yeah. You could have just switch does. over to Fuji with me and uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> start shooting Fuji. You know, it doesn't have the weather resistance and the durability that like my mm-hmm. 1DX2 has. So that's, yeah, touche. Yeah. yeah. But I can just buy, I could buy 10 of them for the price of your 1DX. I can go into 10 thunderstorms. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I digress. Vanessa, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you hanging out with us. Where can people um, find you online? And then if they are heading to PPE, um, I want, I'd love to, even if you want to promote when you're going to be speaking, where to make sure that they get a chance to get out, uh, to, um, to the trade show floor where you're going to be at. Uh, I would love to promote that as well. So where can people get you? So you can find me at photo plus actually, uh, day one, Thursday, 10 AM, right. When you open the doors to the trade show, walk in the cannon booth is there and I will be on the stage. Uh, and then I'll also be there at 11 o'clock on Thursday and then Friday at 11 and 1 p.m. And you can find me at VanessaJoy.com or VanessaJoy on Instagram is where I usually hang out. It's awesome. Vanessa, thank you so much. Well, so you'll be at WPPI then as well? Yes, I will be at WPPI. I'm not quite sure what I'm speaking on yet. We're still, I'm a good fill in the blank for them. So they sort of have me as a given and they can put me where they they have some gaps. So yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. super cool. Awesome. We'll see you there as well. Vanessa, I appreciate you so much. Thank you. 
listeners, I hope that you took something uh, really incredible away. This is um, this is an episode that you're able to really kind of uh, see where we've come from, where we're moving. Uh, and it's like, you kind of get to, it's like, you see what you want to see. You know, if you're sitting there right now and you're like, man, this is hard. This is like, it's, it's harder than ever to be a photographer. It's like, then, then it will be. And, and hopefully you were able to kind of uh, understand that. If you also see that this is a great opportunity, that there's so much education, there's so much ability and opportunity to learn that, that you're going to find that as well. It's that, it's that determination. It's the look of, of being able to look at it all and say, yeah, this is, this is what I'm after and I'm going to make it happen. Um, it's a bit of a choose your own adventure, isn't it? Um, anyhow, uh, it, it's so fun to be able to riff with someone um, who's, who's kind of been able to, to pull off multiple things in the space and, and hold their ground and to continue to, to deliver value to the photography industry. If you haven't gotten a chance to check out Vanessa's work, definitely do so. Check out her website. If you're heading to PP, please make sure that you get over there to the cannon floor uh, and that you see her. Um, let her know that maybe you heard her on the podcast and you thought it was pretty rad. That'd be, that'd be sweet. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I think that'd just be incredible. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for hanging out and we'll see you in the next episode of the six figure photography podcast. <laughs>